Acts chapter 18, beginning in verse 11, and going through verse 23, these are God's words. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. When Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes of Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names and your own law, look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of the of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallio took no notice of these things. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Sancreia, for he had taken a vow, and he came to Ephesus and uh, left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus, and when he had landed at Caesarea, and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent some time there, he departed, and went over the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. For the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So we've been hearing for some weeks now as we worked slowly through chapter 18 about how uh, the Lord uh, encouraged and stirred, uh, encouraged his servant and stirred him up to zeal for the ministry and sustained him uh, in the ministry. And uh, the first eight verses we have here is actually uh, the last part of that. It's an example of the Lord keeping his promise uh, to Paul that no one would attack him to hurt him. Uh, he does end up getting attacked, actually, uh, in uh, in verse 12. The Jews with one accord rise up against him uh, and bring him to the judgment seat. But this time, Paul doesn't even need to open his mouth uh, because Gallio rejects the Jews' request. Uh, and we see the Lord uh, deliver Paul that he might continue uh, a good while, as verse 18 says ministering in Corinth. Uh, and as he realizes that the church is God's plan for the world, and the church is um, what God is doing in history, the the gathering of the saints in the church and the growing of the saints within um, the churches, uh, his, heart's, his heart turns uh, to, uh, to the other churches, uh, namely and especially the church that is his sending church, which is uh, Antioch in Syria, uh, his uh, home church, as it were now, or at least the church that has sent him on these first two missionary journeys, uh, and then the church in Jerusalem, uh, for which there's going to be a prime opportunity to minister to them uh, when there are many more Jews gathered to Jerusalem for feast. Uh, and so we see him uh, triggered to leave Corinth then by the opportunity for more ministry. 
and as he leaves Corinth and goes uh, towards Antioch of Syria, which is his sending church, uh, apparently Timothy and Silas aren't with him, because it does specifically mention Priscilla and Aquila being with him, and that's going to set up his return to Ephesus for the third missionary journey. Uh, because they come to Ephesus, uh, and uh, uh, and he leaves them there uh, in Ephesus, but goes into the synagogue and reasons uh, with the Jews. Uh, well, incidentally, uh, in verse 18, uh, where it says he had his hair cut off as in Crea, the grammar allows that for to allows for that to be either Paul or Aquila, uh, who had taken the vow and had their hair cut off at Sincrea. Um, uh, it would not surprise us if it was Paul, because we do see him uh, still holding on to more of the ceremonial law than he should. Uh, he is going to be in connection with another vow in chapter twenty-one, about to offer. Uh, sacrifices that are according to the ceremonial law uh, in connection with the keeping of the vow. And this reminds us that uh, that we are still sinners uh, and that God is patient and merciful to us. And we'll consider that when we get there to uh, when we get there in chapter 21. But um, uh, the Lord does mercifully prevent Paul uh, from following through and uh, and offering sacrifices after the Lord Jesus' once-for-all sacrifice. Uh, so maybe, uh, maybe it's he here, or maybe not. Uh, either way, whether it's Aquila, uh, who had kept the vow and cut off his hair, uh, Nazarite vow probably, uh, since he had let his hair grow, uh, or whether it's uh, Paul, uh, it does seem to be to have been used of God uh, to put him more in mind uh, of the Jews whom he hopes to see uh, converted. And so uh, the Lord does this even more for him when he comes to Ephesus, verse 19. And he enters the synagogue and reasons with the Jews uh, and gets what in this missionary journey is a very uh, unusual uh, response. Uh, the only other place he'd had a similar response is Berea, at least until Jews from Thessalonica came down and messed up with the Bereans. Um, uh, but when he reasons with them, they ask him to stay there for a longer time. But now his heart and mind uh, have gone to Jerusalem, and he takes leave of them. Verse 21 say, I must by all means keep the coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return to you. Uh, I will return again to you, God willing. Uh, the visit to Jerusalem is very uh, brief uh, in the descriptions, just a part of verse 22. When he had landed in Caesarea, uh, uh, over here, so the ship would land here. It says, uh, he landed in Caesarea, Caesarea went up to the church. Uh, that means uh, toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a fairly high city in elevation. It's always... Uh, described as going up to Jerusalem. Uh, and here in verse 22, it says he had gone up and greeted the church. Uh, and so he goes and he strengthens the church in Jerusalem during this feast. Uh, and uh, once the the church in Jerusalem is strengthened, 
he goes down to Antioch. Antioch is in, uh, in Syria. It's up here. Uh, and we think of north as up, but in this case, south is um, uh, south to Jerusalem is up because of elevation, and north to Syria is down. Uh, so he goes, verse uh, 22, uh, he goes down uh, to Antioch, his uh, home church, uh, and after spending some time there, he departs, and he goes over the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, uh, strengthening all the disciples. Uh, and the uh, the idea is, uh, these are the regions uh, that he had covered in the second missionary journey, uh, and we saw this at the end of the first missionary journey as well, that he went back over the churches and he appointed elders uh, in uh, in all the uh, in all the cities, uh, and he strengthened them, telling them th- how through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Uh, and so, what we see here uh, is a man who doesn't just love the Lord, but <coughs> for the Lord's sake, he loves. The Lord's churches. Now each of us has the church that is assigned to us and to which uh, the Lord has gathered us that we want uh, to encourage and strengthen. Uh, but this, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul had all of these churches uh, and when there was the opportunity especially for strengthening the Jerusalem church, that's what triggers his uh, his leaving uh, Corinth. The Lord blesses the initial ministry in Ephesus, and that's going to determine where he goes on the third missionary journey, as he uh, says that he's going to return uh, again to them. He doesn't just strengthen the Jerusalem church. He wants to uh, report back to and strengthen his home church, Antioch in Syria. And then he goes back over the churches of uh, the second missionary journey. Uh, and if we love the Lord, we're going to love his church. And if what the Lord is doing in time is uh, gathering his uh, uh, His church, building his church, as he gathers saints uh, into it and grows them within it, uh, then this needs to be... Um, uh, this needs to be primary on our heart and mind as well. And uh, the more uh, that uh, the more that we get conformed to Christ, as Paul here uh, is giving us an example of someone who has been conformed to Christ by the Lord Jesus' own appearing to him, uh, the more the worship, evangelism, and discipleship of the church uh, is going to be the main thing in our life. Even Priscilla and Aquila here, who we know. Uh, our vocational tent makers, they actually moved their business around uh, to stay with the apostle. Timothy and Silas uh, are still uh, back in Corinth. Uh, and you know, we may have other things uh, in our life uh, in this world, but the main thing uh, in our life will be the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the main thing in our life is the Lord Jesus uh, and this is what he is doing in the world. This is his, uh, this is his priority. Uh, and so when he comes and he reminds us that we belong to him, he reminds us 
that he is present to us. He reminds us that he is ruling and overruling all things uh, for the converting and the uh, the the gathering in and the growing uh, of his elect. Uh, then we're strengthened by that because that gives our life uh, purpose and value and joy to know that he is with us and know what he is doing. Uh, and we want to strengthen others with the same strength. Uh, with which he has strengthened us. We want to comfort others with the same comfort. Excuse me. Which he has comforted us, comforted us. Uh, and the apostle is an example to us here as the Spirit records it uh, for our edification. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that this has been your will from all eternity to gather uh, for yourself a holy people who uh, are set apart to you, united to your Son and dwelt by your Spirit, uh, and whom you not only uh, make right with you and forgive us of our sins, uh, but also then conform us to Christ. Uh, We thank you for your church. Uh, We thank you for teaching us in your word that the importance of your church and the congregations of it. We thank you for our own specific congregation. We pray that you would grant to us to remember that it is you who are doing this. and This is the great reason for everything, and that this must be the great thing in our life uh, over everything else. Uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us then uh, to have minds, priorities, hearts, desires that are conformed to yours and that this would show up in our attitudes, in our actions, in the priorities of our time, the priorities of our money. Forgive us, Lord, for being so easily distracted uh, by many things. Uh, Give us to do excellently in all of our true callings and in this our greatest calling. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.